Yo, it's the Southside's own Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. You've got mail. Bentley play action. So Jeff Bentley chased. Drop in the 15 yard line. Roquan, the chef, Smith. <laughs> Roquan Smith. He's the highlight show of this defense. In the ring. Steve's got him up. A slam. But Claire, he's got Kate Wood, too. He married. Welcome. Jonathan Hood, weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Hour two, Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. I'm Chris Black, along with Adam Abdallah, singing in for Jonathan Hood tonight. You can follow us on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah and at Chris Black. We're here till 9 o'clock tonight. Coming up in 10 minutes, the summer of football. Each night, Jonathan brings you something football. It could be pro, college, fantasy, anything football. Tonight's summer of football guest will be Mike Sando from The Athletic, NFL writer. He will join us in 10 minutes right here on ESPN 1000. We'll talk to Jesse Rogers at 8.30 unless he blows us off again. Whoa! What, whoa! I, what, I mean, at whoa. 7.30, we looked for our in-game update, and Jesse yeah, called 10 minutes late. Yeah, but you didn't have late. to do that. If you wouldn't right. have said anything, no well, one would have known. But it's Jesse, though, no and it's fun. No one would have known. It's Jesse, though, and it's fun. All right. It's Jesse, and he's fun. All right, so uh, we'll get a uh, report from Jesse. We'll also talk about Trubisky uh, later on at 8.30. Is he a quarterback or athlete? We'll discuss what Lewis Riddick had to say about that. And also, before we end tonight's show, uh, I saw something about the Los Angeles Clippers and the arms race in the NBA, and it relates to the Chicago Bulls. We'll discuss that before we end the show at 9 o'clock tonight. But Abdallah today at practice for the Chicago Bears. It's the first practice of training camp for the Bears. Really nothing eventful took place down in Bourbon A today. No, it's like the first day of school. You walk in, you get the syllabus, you meet the teacher, you find out who's in your class, whether you got to sit alphabetically, which is how you and I became friends, or whether you get to pick your own seat. And then you just kind of go to the next class. Like anybody that assigns anything on the the first day, you also had that one teacher Ugh. that assigned something on the first day. And you're like, what are you? It's still summer. What are you doing? I'm here for half a day. You know, like, I'm barely here. And you and I work with a lot of people here that have kids. We're mm-hmm. like the only two that don't. We are. Uh, and from what I've been told is that kids like have homework now over the summer, and that there's something like the first week, so they get quizzed on, which completely ruins. Oh, no, 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 no. Summer school, Chris. Don't don't or get the it. Summer. Don't, no, no, no. Don't get it twisted. We had that too. Oh. We just didn't do it. I didn't read those books over the summer. Maybe that's why I work in radio. Spark notes. Listen, oh, I tweeted right. out. I tweeted out my midterm progress report one fair time. Enough. There are a lot okay. of D's and a fair lot right. of F's on there. Fair enough. Fair enough. I got Flexing those C's. Those C's get uh, degrees. You referenced we sat next to each other. That was high school. We've yes. known each other uh, since Libertyville. We graduated in 03 at Libertyville. Go Wildcats. Then we randomly became friends at Columbia here in downtown Chicago after you transferred from DePaul Ugh. to Columbia, where 
I was already attending, and then we became friends because we drank a lot of beer together. Yeah, we did. Lots of it. And then we both started interning here and then starting working here after yeah. our internships Thanks. and after we graduated no one, why, no one from Columbia. History. Well, I'm just letting people know. You said that we, we sat next yeah, to each other fair. in school. Okay, I'm letting fine. people know Every that you and I while, yeah, have known each other yeah. for a long time, we and we actually sat next to each other in geometry, and we weren't friends. We were friendly, but we weren't friends we're in high school. We had a mutual friend. Dude, we knew of each other. You we, wore a blazer jacket that had, had like little patches spikes and stuff on, on the it. shoulders. Yeah, I, I did a lot of stuff in high school. You um, you ran a lot. You guys know what Sunnin is? Sean producing the show today on... Uh, you had the spike yeah. jacket up Do you know? He yeah, did. Great, yeah, dude, he did. Punk rock, Oh, dude. yeah. And a briefcase. Do you know? Around I school. still have the briefcase, actually. I went back to my mom's and found it. Um, I got Nagy sound here. Abdallah, I have Nagy sound we got play. Sean, hold on. One question. Sean, he, right doesn't, he doesn't want me to rip on him here. Sean, do you know what Sunin is? <laughs> yes. Chris had stock in Sunin, I think. I really? Wish, I oh, wish I did. Yeah. The dude was blonde as blonde could be. Oh, Not yeah. only did the sun in, but then put the lemon, the lemon in the hair to he get it like that. extra no. blonde. Ask him. No. He's, ca- actually, he's capping on you, right? Well, no, it was, uh, he's got half of it right. It was the lemon. I actually never used the sun in. Oh, you didn't I, use the I would sun just in? put lemon juice in. Oh, just the lemon? Yeah. I thought and you did worked. the sun in. And it worked. But yes, I, yes, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, tell me what Matt Nagy said. Uh, you know, Matt Nagy wants people to be you. That's his big thing, right? Like uh, every every uh, company, every person, you can really have a brand to sum someone you know, up in, listen. in one little cute phrase right and you Matt put, Nagy's you want to put lemon you. in your hair put lemon in your hair you know I'm just doing me I want to carry a briefcase instead of a backpack because I got business papers at school uh, you're just you, doing you that's man. me okay and and what we learned from the Bears last season and Matt Nagy was the fact that he preached being you you want to own who you are we want to embrace who all these different personalities on this roster come together for one goal, right? Uh, yesterday, as the players reported to Bourbonnet, we saw a situation which was questionable. Tariq Cohen showed up in a slingshot car motorcycle combination thing. And, and one wheel when in the he, front, two wheels in the back. It's actually the opposite. It's two wheels in the front, one wheel in the back. Same thing. And as he pulled in to the parking lot, he was whipping around in his slingshot, which... Driving it is not a bi- that big of a deal, but the way you drive it, I think, is a bigger deal. And the way you made your entrance, where then everyone in the city saw it because all the media's there lined up to watch. Mm-hmm. And here comes the slingshot. Woo! Woo! Coming back and forth. And you look like you are on the verge of losing control. Oh, yeah, he looked like he almost tipped over. Oh, oh, yes, he did. Listen, let the man flex. Okay, so, right, uh, under the context of what Matt Nagy preaches is uh, he's just being him. Let he's the man being you. Let be him, you, right? Let him get a flex. Let him get his fit off. Tariq Cohen being you. Uh, so, Nagy today, after practice, was asked about Tariq Cohen's personality and if he's just being you. Here's uh, Matt Nagy. I love that. You know, you know that I always talk about be you. And um, for, for Tariq, his personality that he has, um, it just it raises it, it allows us, for instance, in team meetings, for guys to have a lot of fun. And, and Tariq will make fun of himself at times, but he's also going to brag a little bit. And uh, but he's a he's a pretty good football player. And for he makes me a better coach. And the things that he does, he the thing I took away from him last year is that he can handle a, a pretty big volume of, uh, of of reps and of plays. So we just want to make sure that we don't overdo it. But he's. We're, we're, we're really, really lucky and fortunate to have him. Ah, 
Ah, so Matt Nagy, very positive. Be you and Tariq, everything's great, right? And uh, it was reported by Jeff Dickerson here on ESPN 1000 throughout the day that behind the scenes, officials with the Bears were not happy at the way that Tariq Cohen entered training camp yesterday on that slingshot, not only driving it from Vernon Hills all the way to Bourbonnais, but also the way he came onto campus going back and forth at the speeds that he did around that turnaround and on the sidewalk and everything else, right? Look. Well, Mark Potash is in the crowd of reporters talking with Matt Nagy, and here comes Potsy with the question from way downtown, bang! Matt, is there a a fine line between BU and a me thing versus a we thing? Is there a... Let me think about that. I got to think about how that goes. So the... (laughs) The, you be the yourself, B. sometimes that could be something. Cody Parkey was just being himself. And yeah. That was not a <laughs> Well, here's what I'd say. Here's what I'd say. Here's what I'd say. I'm going to keep this really simple. Huh. So when you have the type of people that we have hmm. on this team and we tell them, you know, be yourself, be you, um, there's experiences that you go through and, and some – you know that first of all that that whole deal of, of him going there and everything I mean that's 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 what he did but I'm not going to get into that I think for for the beauty of our team is that we have so many different people we have people that are um, you know loud people that are uh, um, you know very competitive and they're all a little bit different and and I think I don't know. I just, I just want them to be themselves. I don't. I, I'm kind of thrown off by the. I'm still huh. thinking about the, the we meeting. I wasn't tying that in, but huh. I guess you got me. See, and there's Coach Matt Nagy. And when you're a smartass like I am, and and Abdallah was in high school, and we started this segment off talking about how we sat next to each other in high school. When you have someone who's the teacher and authority figure ahead of you, telling you You one thing, but then but then you see others doing another thing, and then you see punishment to Cody Parkey for being you and being me, and then Tariq Cohen being me, and you want them to be me. But you want them to follow the rules. That's the point here, no, and right? You, no, Matt Nagy no. can't say Mm-mm. be you and be me, right? And then also say, yeah, yeah, but yeah, bring, Listen, bring it Ms. back Gondal, a little. You told me. Oh, she hated me. You told me to be me. So being me is writing the answers, not showing my work, and copying <laughs> them out of the back of the book. That's being me. And if that gets me a C plus, then, and a free night, that's my night. Hey, man, I heard that today from Matt Nagy, and I laughed because I was like, hey, you can't preach be you and be me and all this stuff, all this personality. And then when the players show it, you can't say that "Ah, it's not a good thing. Cody Parkey being himself, it actually wasn't a great thing last season. Chris Buckingham Abdallah in for Jonathan Hood tonight. Each time at uh, each night at this time on Under the Hood, he brings you the summer of football. The summer of football. We're just having fun and we working, baby. With Jonathan Hood. Come on, baby, let's get it. Let's go now. You fired the first shot. Let's go, man. Drive starts from deep in their own territory. And it's picked off at the 25-yard line. Eddie Jackson. And he'll go in for the touchdown. We're just having fun and we working, baby. Pressure now on Mahomes. He's in trouble. Now gets it away. Are you kidding me? Barkley up the middle. Cuts to the outside. Saquon Barkley across midfield. Standard bounds. Summer of football. Lawrence right, flips it open. Justin Ross off and running. And Clemson strengthens its grip on this championship game. Williams in the game for the first time this year for Notre Dame. Takes the handoff and takes off. All the way for a touchdown. Let's be great, baby. Let's go. 
The Summer of Football. You got it. Work. Right here on ESPN 1000. I think we ain't done yet. And the ESPN app. In for Jonathan, t- Jonathan Hood tonight. I'm Chris Black with Adam Abdallah under the hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. We now talk with Mike Sando from The Athletic NFL Writer. You can follow him on Twitter at Sando NFL. Mike, it's Chris and Adam tonight. How are you? And we're going to try and connect to Mike, hopefully, uh, here in the next segment here or in the next couple of minutes here, Abdal. You know, we're talking about BU as I think uh, we just dropped them there. Uh, so we're talking about BU with Matt Nagy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And when you take a look at this whole philosophy, and we'll talk also about the quarterback tiers with Mike Sando because he wrote that piece last week on The Athletic about it. Absolutely. And especially what he wrote about Mitch Trubisky and what people around the league had to say about Mitch Trubisky. But the key here with being you and what Nagy is preaching is this idea that you should embrace personality. But when the personality is doing something that isn't beneficial for the team, that's where you will get in trouble. I think that goes into the, the philosophy of the Bears this season. So basically what you're going is with is we're, we want to have a, a, a we mentality, but I want you to be you as long as being you is beneficial for the team. And a lot of people were making fun and making light of the comments that Mitchell Trubisky made yesterday about how the things that he wants to do to be a better leader might be, you know, picking up after people after a meeting or cleaning up the locker room. And then he ended it by saying exiting the huddle earlier. And what that to me means is, look, this guy, we all laughed at it, but ultimately this guy just wants to be a better example for people. And if people see him going around the locker room, picking up stuff or, or you know, picking up something in the meeting room or, or just being an all around better person, then they're going to want to be a better person. And he's just trying to be a better leader. So by doing that, he's being a better leader. The better part of that soundbite was when he said, I want to, I want to have a cleaner huddle and I want to be able to, uh, a better huddle yeah. and a more efficient huddle and get out of the huddle earlier. Cause what that means is, Matt Nagy can be in his ear longer looking at the defense and giving him what he sees on the sideline, what they see up in the booth, what they see on the sidelines can be translated back to Trubisky. He can audible if he needs to. They can call timeout if they need to. They can make adjustments if they need to. That's the, that's the main part. Just let's, uh, I get it. He wants to be clean. He likes vacuuming and whatever. That's fine. I get it. (laughs) But the more important thing is that he wants to have a better huddle because we saw a a communication issue, and you want that to be better. So so here's what got lost in the sauce because it was funny, and there was comedy involved in what Trubisky said. Mm -hmm. And the reason it was funny is because, think about it. You're right, Adam. What Trubisky said was on on par. Exactly what you want your quarterback to say. Efficiency in the huddle so he can then – Look at the defense, make a decision, and get the offense rolling forward, right? That's what we want from Trubisky. But what's funny is he literally gave you the answer of, I'm going to clean up in the locker room. Here's Trubisky yesterday. I think it could be as simple as, like, cleaning up in the locker room and and just, like, simple things like that, like keeping your room neat, cleaning up in the locker room, uh, making sure you're properly warmed up this getting the recovery uh eating right so little things like that and 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 then when you get into the practice for me it's like uh huddle efficiency and just getting out of the huddle really quick so we have more time at the line of scrimmage uh to see the defense to dissect what they're doing and make sure everyone's on the same page so we have more opportunities to communicate in the huddle and at the line of scrimmage so just little things like that i think they go a really long way and i think the really great teams are 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 good at the little things and that's what we're trying to focus on so mitch trubisky when he says that it 
it's exactly what he's supposed to say, right? Focus on the little things so then the offense can be more efficient going forward and then you can have a better offense, and that's what we want. But it was funny. It was comical yesterday when we heard what he said and the fact that he said, oh, you know, cleaning and and picking up things around the locker room. That's what was funny when you take a look at that conversation from yesterday. And, you know, Coach Nagy, and looking back at the BU, this whole philosophy and his play calling and what he's trying to get across with this team is he wants the Bears to embrace what they are right now. They are a team that is going to compete for a championship this season. And it's something that we're going to look at as we go through this season. And in this city specifically, Abdallah, it's going to be because of the expectations and what this team means to this city. And it's going to be from today going forward, the biggest story in Chicago sports. You know, obviously, if we get to the Cubs in October in a playoff series, that might bump them for a minute. But outside of that, it's going to be the Chicago Bears in this city as the most important thing taking place on the sports uh, uh, top page. You know, well, like, yeah. And you look at the way they kick off. They kick off the hundredth season of the NFL. Bears Packers at Soldier Field. That says something. What's good about the Bears now is there's always a talking something to talk about with the Bears because they're good, right? Like before, we'd look at these lists and you'd be like, "Oh, NFL uh, QB tiers." Scroll to the bottom. Oh, let's see the Super Bowl timeline that we talked about last hour. Scroll to the bottom. Now, everything these guys do is under a microscope. National shows are talking about these guys. Fans feel slighted when other when national pundits take the Vikings over the Bears or the Vi- or the the Packers over the Bears. You know, we're going to be looking at, at at every person's pick every single weekend of who they're going to take, whether it's the you know Bears against Packers or Bears against Lions or when they play the Saints or whoever they play. We're going to be looking at that, and every game matters because the division is so tight. The Vikings are better; they're going to supposed to have a bounce back season. The Packers with uh, Lafleur and Rodgers, and and whether or not he's going to be able to communicate and have a good season. So you look at what the Bears are and the BU mentality, and yeah, we make light of the of the the Trubisky stuff, but ultimately, if he would have just come out and said. What do you want to work on as a quarterback in your second year? You know, guys, I thought I didn't have very good communication in the huddle last year. That's my number one priority is getting the plays down. It's my second year in the system with Matt Nagy. We finally had a full offseason together, and I'd like to get the, the verbiage down. And so the, the pockets, or the, the, sorry, the huddles are cleaner. We can mm-hmm. break the huddles earlier, and I can communicate with him before the plays happen. Right. Okay, perfect. Great. If communication Great. is more simple for Trubisky, then the offense should be able to excel going forward, right? Like, like that's where, think back to the great offenses in NFL history. Usually it's a, a Peyton Manning or a, a, a Tom Brady at mm-hmm. the helm, and it's them controlling, like a maestro, all the pieces that they have at their, at their disposal. And when you think of Peyton Manning specifically, you think of a guy that's not even at the huddle. Right, like Manning is at the line of scrimmage, telling his players where to go, what to do, and kind of coordinating from there. Because why the communication and what he knew of the offense was so uh, he had so much depth of knowledge when it came to this, and that's why those offenses for the Colts and then the Broncos were so great. And that's all you want from Mitch Trubisky in this next year to take another step in learning. How to do that offensively? When you look at Aaron Rodgers in the reports earlier this season, about or in the off season, I mean, about how Matt Lafleur and him were kind of having issues because Rodgers wanted to audible more at the line because that's where he's good. He wanted more freedom to let the play develop and then make a play because that's where Aaron Rodgers is good. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best 
quarterbacks on the move, when he's running outside the pocket, when he's able to audible and create uh, a new play. And Matt LaFleur was saying, no, I've got stuff I want you to run, and I want you to go through these progressions first. That's what I, that's what they brought me here to do. So it's going to be interesting to see how that works out, but they have to work on their communication too. And it's all about getting these guys, and that's why, guys, going back to the BU, when Tariq Cohn is doing this kind of stuff, it's like, look, yeah. dude, you're our best weapon. You are easily our best weapon on offense. You're going to be in the slot. You're going to be running. You're going to be you're going to be doing everything. We can't have you driving a, a slingshot, whatever it is, ninety miles an hour down fifty five, exposed like that, and then swerving all over the place, coming in just so you can get a cool entrance. You know, like you got to take care of yourself. There's a reason, like. Yeah, people were mad at Tom Brady because he grabbed his daughter before he went cliff diving. But I'm more mad because Tom Brady's cliff diving. What are you doing? Keep these guys in bubble wrap. Okay. Let, no, we're not, to we're not doing that. No, I'm not saying that. You know what I mean. But ultimately, it's like, look, you've got to keep these guys in bubble wrap. I mean, you know, that they're, they're, they're everything. That's everything. Chris Buck and I'm Abdallah singing for Jonathan Hood tonight. We'll try and reconnect with Mike Sando at another time. Uh, technical difficulties on our end. So we'll try and uh, contact with him later. Uh, let's hear from Matt Nagy. He is excited about seeing the running backs develop this season, uh, especially at training camp. For me, going into the start of this camp, that running back position for me is, is what I'm probably one most excited to see. Just because you can't you can't see much in OTAs on what they do. You can see mentally. You can see what they do in the, in the route tree. But now we put the pads on. I told you all, David Montgomery, he, he like he's at a point right now where he won't even talk to me. He's so mad that we can't put the pads on. So uh, they're coming on here on uh, not tomorrow but the next day. I think that's Sunday. Is that Sunday? Yeah. And, uh, and then we're going to. We're going to see what everybody's all about. So the Bears have their first public practice tomorrow uh, down in Bourbonnais. As you know, it's only a couple weeks now. Four videos, and, and everyone goes back to the, uh, it's not the way it used to be. You know what? To be honest, eh, they should just be doing this at Alice Hall. Like, Listen, there's no reason for camp yeah, anymore. Yeah, I mean, you've got... Uh, like, there are many teams across the National Football League that just stay home. You've there, got, are, there is no camp. You've got Coleman from the Giants who goes down with the ACL. You've got Riley Ridley who left practice today with a hamstring. He should be fine. I mean, you've got guys that are getting hurt, and yeah, they have to practice. But going all the way out to to make this like a little, you know, a little summer camp, uh, you know, for two or three weeks, things change in life. And you and I, as we get older, and each generation gets older, you always want to say, "Back in my day, and back." Uh, when things were great. The Cowboys uh, go to California, can, Chris. Yeah, well, it's hot in Texas, so they go somewhere where they can find a little bit better uh, climate. You know, it's so hot in Texas, they get out of there. But, like, everyone does something different. I remember back when the Bears would go to Platteville. That was cool, right? Like, that was, you actually went somewhere, and then you go to Bourbonnais. They've had great times in Bourbonnais. Mm-hmm. All right, a couple of practices. It's good for the people who don't get to go to actual games to yeah. go see NFL football. And it's great for the fans. And the autographs free. for the kids and all that kind of stuff. They love that. And they've got it. They have, if you've never been to camp and you've got kids, it's not just walking up to a field and watching guys practice and run around. There's all this stuff set up yeah, for them and fun. everything. It's fun for kids. It's, it's fun. Un, it's unnecessary, but it's fun. Yeah, but it's there for a lot of kids' stuff. You and I don't have kids, but a lot of kids' stuff is unnecessary. No, you got to keep them entertained, but man. But that's what, that's what training camps have turned into. They've turned into like public relations yeah. events. They're not actually there. 
to do hard work anymore because really teams understand that the rest and recovery and what they're doing to get ready for the season is more important than having two a days for two weeks straight in the sun. Listen, Waddle would practice three times a week sometimes if he if he was on special teams. Two a days and then the special teams would practice later. I mean it's it, three 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 days. Is there anyone uh, that we know that's a harder man than Todd Waddle? Yurt goes up there. Yeah, but I, listen, going across the middle is different than having yeah. a guy right in your face. Yeah, knowing, knowing that you're going to get hit like that is a lot different than going up and exposing yourself to get catch, yeah, right. to get a catch. Like, here goes the Punisher. Yeah. Waddle is a ragdoll yeah. out there. Oh, man. Blocking up Dalla. Uh, Lewis Riddick this week on Waddle and Sylvie asked the question on whether or not Mitch Trubisky this season can become a quarterback or just be the athlete he's been the last two seasons. We'll hear from Lewis Riddick next. Chris Black and Adam Abdallah on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Chris Black and Adam Abdallah here singing for Jonathan Hood tonight on Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. You can tweet at us on Twitter at Adam Abdallah and at Chris Black. We're here till 9 o'clock tonight. In about 15 minutes, uh, I have something from the Los Angeles Clippers that I think is relatable for the Bulls. Going forward, it's a arms race in the NBA, and are the Bulls up to speed with what's going on in the NBA? We'll talk about that scene, in 15. 15- it is an arms race. What, what are you doing there? It was Fallout Boy. What, why are you uh, referencing Fallout Boy? You said it's an arms race, and I said it's not a scene, it's an arms race. All right, moving on. Boy. Moving on. Uh, Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. Me. Well, I listen, every uh, important Bears game, they roll out Fall Out Boy. Like, that's what the stadium wants to see. It, it is. Enough. It's better than the no, time we not. went, and I love Local H, but they are not a band that should be playing halftime no, no, they at Soldier Field. I, no. I love, love Local H. They're the perfect band for uh, Q101 and a uh, 830 on a Friday night. Oh, they're, they're, exactly. listen, you got a weenie Local fest? H. You got a weenie roast or something? Whatever Q101 is rolling out there these days. What do you got? <laughs> do the weenie. Oh, that's K-Rock does the weenie roast. Wrong city. It's Los Angeles. <laughs> Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. So I'm listening to Waddle and Sylvie the other day. You produced the show, so you were there as well. And I thought what? it was interesting what Lewis Riddick had to say about Mitch Trubisky. And, you know, as we look at the storylines of this team, as we go through training camp and we head towards the season, obviously the kicker situation is big. We know Chuck Pagano as the new defensive coordinator is going to be something we talk about. But the overarching story of all of this is that Mitch Mitch Trubisky needs to develop this season. And Lewis Riddick was asked by Waddle, what does Mitch need to improve on this season? I think, Tommy, it's making... Okay, right now when Mitch makes a spectacular play, it usually comes via what? Via his legs, via a a ridiculous scramble off-schedule throw or off-schedule run where he's running the football and you're like, is that a running back out there? Is that actually a quarterback? You know, you can't really tell because he's just that kind of athlete. I think what he needs to do now is numerous times last year, you saw Taylor Gabriel running down the middle of the field and Mitch misses him. And he's three, four yards behind the secondary and he misses him. Those plays have to be hit this year. And can he, and he needs to show that, you know what, I'll be able to sit in this pocket and the routine on schedule design pass concepts that are designed to get someone open, you just got to deliver it to them, and it's either first down or a plus 20-yard play or a touchdown. Those need to become commonplace for you. 
not the exception, but they need to be more of the rule, more of the norm for him. And, and I believe Matt believes he can do that. I believe in his second year in this system, and then based off of how he has kind of taken to this offense this offseason, that he'll be able to do that. And if he does, if he does, then it won't just be Mitch the athlete. Now we're talking about Mitch the quarterback. And if you really start talking about Mitch the quarterback, that means this offense has caught up to the defense relative to what they did last year. And there's going to be some people who are in trouble, meaning their opponents. Because now they're now they're humming. See, that's Lewis Riddick on Waddle and Sylvie the other day. Did you hear what he said there? Because I think that's the key. The key here is that Trubisky has not been questioned as an athlete. He is an elite athlete at the position. I think if you lined up all the quarterbacks in the NFL, one comes to mind immediately that I would say he's probably a better athlete than Trubisky. Cam Newton. I would say Cam Newton's probably a better athlete. If you take a look at everyone else, how many guys across the National Football League would you say 100% they're a better athlete than Mitch Trubisky? There's not many. Maybe a handful of guys. Two, three, four. Russell Wilson. Russell's up there, but he's younger. So as of right now, I'm going to go with Trubisky's up there because... But there's a difference between just being a good athlete and being a good quarterback. And he's paid to, and was drafted second overall, to be a quarterback and not just an athlete. Well, and that's the key to all of this, right? Because people who want to promote Trubisky, the, the Trubisky propaganda. The truthers? Those people never talk about the fact that this guy was taken second overall in, in the entire league in a draft. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Like we we mentioned that uh, he didn't play a lot in college. He's now started twenty six games in the NFL. That's, That's not enough. young anymore, That's right? Enough. Uh, but no one ever goes back to the fact that the second overall selection should actually be much better than what we've seen. And Lewis Riddick said it. Then it won't just be Mitch the athlete. Now we're talking about Mitch the quarterback. And if you really start talking about Mitch the quarterback, that means this offense has caught up to the defense relative to what they did last year. And there's going to be some people who are in trouble. And if he's not just the athlete, if he can become the quarterback, and Yurko talked about it today uh, on Carmen and Yurko from 12 to 2 here on ESPN 1000, if Mitch goes to run and he stops and makes a decision and is patient before crossing the line of scrimmage to take off and run and to maybe pass it or throw it out of bounds, that's the key when you see Trubisky going from athlete to quarterback because the quarterback makes a smart decision there to either find an open receiver downfield or he lives for another day. Trubisky running all about the field and doing what he did in the past, it's not going to last because it doesn't last for any quarterback. I got no- ask Cam, ask Russell Wilson, yep. ask, to, ask yep. Aaron Rodgers, ask yep. Garoppolo, all these quarterbacks who are athletic. It doesn't last if you're always running. You have to be smart and use your arm. I want him to be able to use his legs as an asset and not as a weapon. And what that means is I want him, like Yurko said earlier and like Lewis Riddick said, I want him to be looking downfield, go through his progressions. First guy's not there. Second guy's not there. Third guy's not there. First guy didn't get open yet. Second guy didn't get open yet. Oh, man, I'm about to get sacked because it's been seven seconds, eight seconds. I'm going to turn what would be a four-yard loss because of a sack into maybe a three-yard gain because of my legs and because I'm athletic. I'm going to run outside of the pocket and maybe run five, six yards side to side until someone gets open and then throw a 15 to 20-yard pass. That's what I want to see. I don't want to see him look, uh-oh, not there, crap, tuck and run. Right. That's that's what I don't want to see. And yeah, that might get you eight 
yards at a time. But ultimately, that's not a recipe for success because if he gets hurt, and it will happen, it's happened to Russell Wilson, it's happened to Cam Newton multiple times. It's going to happen. Did He's going to get hurt. Did your guy, the Biscuit, play 16 games he last season? He did not season? play 16 okay, games. So they it's lost already to the Giants because yeah. he did not play. It's already happened. Yeah. And see, that's the point. Because no matter what team you look at, it is rare that you get a quarterback that mm-hmm. starts 16 games. Absolutely. It's precious to keep them out there and healthy. That's a, a very uh, delicate balance that you run. And that's why him running the football more than being smart with it and living for another day, that's something you have to keep an eye on. Because if if this season early on, he's continuing to just run, mm-hmm. to flee the pocket and get out of there, that, that has to be a clue that maybe it's not going to be one of those things where he can take to the next step. Then it won't just be Mitch the athlete. Now we're talking about Mitch the quarterback. And if we start talking about Mitch the quarterback, that means this offense has caught up to the defense relative to what they did last year. And there's going to be some people who are in trouble. If we're talking about Mitch the quarterback, we're talking about a top three team in the NFL. Oh, no. Easily. If he becomes a, a legit quarterback, they're the best team in the NFL. If the defense is as steady, is as good, or it, it drops off just a little bit, but is as good with the playmakers that they have, they have a chance to be the best team in the NFL. You're right. This is not hyperbole saying it because we're from Chicago and we're doing a show in Chicago and we're lifelong Bears fans and I've had season tickets in my family for years. Since they played at Wrigley. Uh if this team had a legit star quarterback, mm-hmm. everyone in the nation would oh, be pointing be, at the Bears as being the this best would be team the in year. the NFL. This would be the year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But do you have to buy me a soda pop there? Is, is that what you have to do? A Coke? Is that what you have to do? I don't know what that was. Just I don't know. Just, Coming up next, yeah. uh, there's an arms race going on in the NBA. Are the Bulls ready for this? Is it a scene? There, there's a team that is taking it to the next level. The Clippers, we will talk about them and the Bulls next. Chris Black and Adam Abdallah on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Hood with Jonathan Hood. Weeknights on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Under the Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Chris Black and Adam Abdallah singing in for Jonathan Hood tonight. Thanks to Sean Davis for producing the show. And to Nick Saban for joining us the other day. We uh, played that interview in its entirety earlier tonight. Thanks, Dad. You can find it on the podcast page at ESPNChicago.com and also on the ESPN app. Well, Before bye. we leave here, Abdallah, I was watching High Noon on ESPN television earlier today. Mm. Um, Dominique Foxworth and Pablo Torre talking about the Clippers and Steve Ballmer and the new stadium they have just announced. This week's press conference was cool and all, but Steve Ballmer's real project, the futuristic 26-acre team complex he's building in Englewood for the low, low price of over $1 billion. And unlike any modern arena except for Golden State's new Chase Center, Ballmer's will be funded without taking any taxpayer money. So Dominique, what is the plan for Steve Ballmer's privately financed basketball palace signal to you? I mean, it tells me that Steve Ballmer is the best type of pro sports owner. He's the one that we all need because he's owning this like you should. I actually talked about this on Bomani's podcast right time a couple of days ago yeah. and how this is a flex. Essentially, buying a sports franchise is about stunting. It's about showing off. So I get really disgusted with owners. Like we can look at the, the Bucks when they didn't want to pay Brogdon. With owners who get this and then they're, who get a franchise and then they look to squeeze out pennies. They're trying to make it profitable. They're concerned with their returns. Like you don't buy a sports franchise to be 
concerned with your re- returns. You buy a sports franchise so you can floss. You wouldn't buy a, a brand new Rolls Royce and put some some f- fuel economy size rims on it. No, get some right? big gold rims and you drive slow and let everybody drink it in. And Steve Ballmer is doing that, and I appreciate that. Steve Ballmer legitimately loves basketball. He loves watching it. I remember interviewing him way back when, before he bought this team for billions of dollars. And he was talking about how at Harvard, he was a stat keeper for the basketball team, which says a lot because Harvard basketball at the time was truly terrible, right? He was following Washington high school basketball, looking at recruits, doing all of that. This is his love. Look at him scream wildly like a maniac. He loves this. So, And the big difference, Dominique, look at that face. <laughs> that is the face of a man who wishes there was no salary cap. But there is a salary cap. And so what does he do? He says, what can I spend What's not capped? And that is the front office, bringing Jerry West, Michael Winger, Lawrence Frank, all these guys, right? And it's the stadium, man. That's the big thing, and he's investing so much in that. Right. I think you're right, because there are plenty of places to find advantages. There are going to be tiny advantages, but this is one of them. Spending money on the staff, spending money on the arena. And also, I think this kind of maniac act that he's up to, well, it may not be an act, but it might be truly who he is. It's about marketing, and I think he is making this place more attractive for um, future Free agents. And when the, the um, arena opens, it's probably going to be post-Kawhi because it's not until 20, 2024. Yep. It's going to be a while away. But in that time, from then till from now until then, we're going to get a lot of Steve Ballmer and a lot of Steve Ballmer being lavish with how he spends his money on his players. And it makes it somewhere that guys want to be. I know the Clippers were third in line as far as scheduling was concerned at the Staples Center. They yes. had to build their schedule around the Lakers and the Kings. And now they're going to have a first-class organization. You can attract first-class talent in a first-class organization in a city like like LA. And this arena that he's building is not just being built with private money, which is an enormous thing none of us should diminish, right? Like, usually what happens is they go into the pockets of the public and say, this is a civic institution, right. help us out, it'll help you. That's a scam, right? <laughs> Here he's saying, no, this is of value to me. And yes, he is one of the 20 richest people in the world, so he can do that. But this is the competitive the competitive advantage of having such an owner. That's Pablo Torre and Dominique Foxworth on High Noon. Black and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. In the arms race of the NBA, Abdallah, I listen to that and think about the Chicago Bulls. It's not the fact that the Bulls need a new arena. That's not what no, I thought no, no, about. No. It's just the fact that the the uh, edge that you can find in sports, if there's a cap, if there's something else going on, it's always ownership. And if ownership can do what they can to make it the best situation, that's where you win. Selling guys on things besides basketball because they can look at the team, they can look at the players, they can watch the games and say, these are guys I want to play with or not. It's ultimately what happens outside of the court. Is ownership doing what they can to make it the best franchise possible? Mm -hmm. Black and Abdallah, we'll talk to you Sunday at 8. Chris Black and Adam Abdallah on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app.